Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Exciting stuff. Exciting. What do we got today, Brian? <laughs> oh, we got a bit of follow-up. Uh, unsurprisingly, the hacked Florida water plant uh, didn't apparently need a genius to do it. Uh, Windows 7 PC is still in use. Uh, shared passwords across the board. They might as well just had a post-it note up on the monitor saying password is 12345. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, they used the remote access program TeamViewer. So while they weren't able to actually do anything. Uh, this is not exactly a good situation. This is what we've been talking about. Desperate need for infrastructure improvements. This is our shared water supply, for Christ's sake. Uh, Windows 7 has been uh, on the outs even longer than Adobe Flash. I don't know why anybody's still using it. They don't even release security <laughs> updates anymore. But uh, yeah, the cost of doing business involves actually updating some stuff, but nobody wants to do that. Oh, no, no, no. Not in the budget, Brian. Not in the budget. <laughs> and Let's try again next fiscal quarter. <laughs> yeah, speaking of not in the budget, Parler is back online after Amazon <sighs> kicked it off the internet. Uh, this is the <laughs> second story that tells us that they're back online without them actually really being back online. Okay. Yeah. So in a press release it shared with Engadget and several other publications, the company said it has a new backend that is built on sustainable, independent technology and not reliant on so-called air quotes, big tech for its operations, uh, basically okay. meaning it doesn't operate. Yeah. <laughs> so before when Whoopsie. they came back online and it was basically just a landing page saying, hey, we're coming back. Uh, yeah. Now that they are, there's some more links and stuff, but features like account creation aren't functional yet. Uh, you can also see links to download the mobile app, but tapping those do nothing as neither Apple or Google have allowed the company back on their respective app stores. So it's Kind of back? Not really. Not really. Can you log in at least or no? Uh, well, I didn't. I, I, I don't even want to visit the site. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that. Uh, don't don't need that in your my search history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep that out of your history. Yeah. Well, I got an email from Quibi this morning and oh. I was like, wait, wait, what? Was it a very Quibi? short email? It was. It okay. says, hello, Quibi has recently become part of Roku. As a result, your account information will now be governed by the Roku privacy policy. Please familiarize yourself with the new terms. Thank you. Oh. No, here's, here's the part that gets me on this. Mm -hmm. A, it's funny to get an email from Quibi. I'm like, oh, blast yes. from the past. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, it's like, okay, so you can sell my information to another company and force me to use their, their privacy policies and their terms of use, but I don't get a say in it before you implement it. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Thanks. Well, things are very not the way that we would build things. And I have a feeling that might be a recurring theme in this particular episode, because obviously, oh, really? <laughs> should you and I have done this, we would have included the and you can click here to opt out. Or you can click here to opt in. Yes. Yeah, that even would be better. even better. Oh, come on. Even better. <laughs> I'm not going for pie in the sky here, Jason. I'm just going for, oh. for least common possible thing they could have done. <laughs> not trying to boil that ocean? No. And speaking of that shit and set visibility to zero, uh, I know you're not a, a huge Facebook user, but they have made some changes to their desktop version now. I don't know how this works on mobile, but uh, if you try to, to delete a post now on Facebook, uh, you don't just delete it like you used to. You... Move it to the trash where the items are deleted after 30 days. Oh, lovely. lovely. So they make it even more difficult. It's not a one-click thing to delete something now. You have to click through a couple things. Or it's they, you know what they did? Trash. 
Hmm. Yeah, you know what they did there? They took a they took a hint from the account retention department yes. that said, you know, oh, you can delete your account. We're going to leave it in limbo for you. It's not going to delete right away. It'll you can come back anytime in the next 30 days and just log back in and your account will be resuscitated and brought back to life. Then they're like, "Yeah, 30 days. That that seems kind of short. What if they change their mind on uh, day 31?" Mm-hmm. Well, how, how, you know what? 31 days is too long or too short, too short. Um yeah, let's just make it 90 days. Yeah. So that's what it is, I believe, now is 90 days before your account is actually deleted from Facebook. You can't uh, goose the process. Nothing like that. Yeah. I got some I got some I got some choice words to say about Facebook later on, but Well, yeah. I still have some more to say about Facebook here right now. So e- even though they may uh, let me keep a post that I have decided to delete for 30 days, so on day 29 I could go back in and repost that post, nobody would fucking see it anyways. Because <laughs> I, I while we're still talking about Facebook I have a theory that I am now in algorithm jail, and I'm kind of over Facebook at this point. Uh, all my old reasons for wanting to be on Facebook, the the contact with friends that I don't live near, or frankly, just contact with friends because it's been a year that I can't be near anybody, even if they live down the fucking street from me, all of that stuff, Facebook has completely killed them. I used to post, and uh, a whole bunch of friends would see my posts and like them and comment on them, and conversations would start and all that sort of thing. At least for the last three to four months, uh, anytime I post now, it's fucking crickets. It's like the same three to four people that see my post, and that's it. And I'm convinced that I've gotten into algorithm jail because I used to post constantly. I was always Mm. on Facebook. I was a Facebook power user. Throughout the pandemic, I have slowed my role considerably on Facebook. I don't post anywhere near as much anymore. And now I'm convinced because I do that, I've been kicked down the algorithm and barely anybody sees my posts anymore. You'd think it would be backwards. You'd think. Yeah, common sense would dictate that they would want you to have more engagement with your friends, which would then in turn make you post more. Yeah, That's common sense, but this is the internet. It's Facebook, and it's the internet. (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm almost positive that this is what's happened to me. And now, like, it's it's an inverse feedback loop. Before I had the regular feedback loop. I posted, people interacted, made me want to post more. Now I post... A fucking tumbleweed blows by, and I'm just like, why the fuck am I on this thing? Yeah. yeah. I, I asked you that for years. Why the <laughs> fuck are you on that thing? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm working my way out the door slowly. Uh, I do want to end with a little bit of a positive note here in the feedback section. Uh, my mom got her second Moderna shot yesterday. What a goddamn relief. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, good news. In the news... Well, Brian, this is uh, beep, 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 breaking news. <laughs> yes. Bitcoin now trades above $50,000 for the first time. Yep. And uh, when I was looking at this, it, it already dropped below $50,000 a coin. Yes. So, well, you know what I did this morning? I sold my Bitcoin. Excellent. Thank you. I, Thank I you. I doubled my money in Bitcoin and I'm out. That's good enough for me. Okay. What's the final tally? Because you had Ethereum and didn't you have something else? Uh, Ethereum and Litecoin. I ended up losing money on Litecoin. I think I basically broke even on Ethereum. Uh, I ended up, let's see, I, I initially put $20 in each. So 2020, 20, 20, 20 uh, mm-hmm. then put another $200 into Bitcoin uh, about a month back or something like that. Uh, so I had $260 total in there. I ended up cashing out at 550 Not bad. Not bad, right? Yeah. 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 Good for you. A lot of people are not going to have that experience. Well, let me tell you about my GameStop stock. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't buy any of that shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is this is getting ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. Everybody that's jumping on board with this, even financial institutions like MasterCard and the Bank of New York and all of these people are going to say, hey, the Bitcoin's OK because everybody's using it. No, this is mark my words. This will not end well. No, this is going to end horribly there. We will be talking about the great Bitcoin crash in within at least three months. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Cue, like, start the timer. Start the timer. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because this is, you know, when we started this show, Brian, you were Mr. Regulation, Regulation. I'm like, oh, come on. Give it a break, libtard, <laughs> snowflake, mofo. And now I'm like, you're now, taking my guns this, and you want to regulate my cyber currency. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this, this, is, uh, this is just a bad situation getting ready to get worse. I mean, if you think that, I mean, come on, Elon can make a tweet and completely change the face of a currency, mm -hmm. that's not good. Well, that's not good. He's not allowed to do that for his stock. Why should he be able to do it for a currency? Because it's unregulated. Yes. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it, the other thing about Bitcoin that drives me crazy is uh, this comes up every now and again, but it should be front and center about how goddamn horrible it is for the planet. Yes. It is. It is the. It's absolutely horrific for the planet. The amount of of energy being used to for Bitcoin right now is is. But then again, climate change deniers, whatever. Yeah, and just look at also the e waste. I saw another uh, article this week where they said that the e waste from uh, Bitcoin miners who throw out all their old gear to buy new gear. Which mm -hmm. why are you throwing it out? Donate it to a school, you fucking savages. Uh, equals the waste produced by the entirety of Luxembourg. In a year. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, I know Luxembourg isn't that big, but it is a beautiful place. And I highly recommend everybody visit it. Uh, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. But it might be now filled up with old <laughs> Bitcoin machines. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is not going to end well. And it's, it's really starting to irk me, yep. it, among many things. But <laughs> oh. ah, now let's talk, go back to some Facebook news here. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook investors are trying to figure out... If there's some shenanigans going on in the boardroom here, because yes. this there, is interesting. Yep. Yeah, there absolutely is. <laughs> okay. Uh, didn't need Betteridge on that one. All right. Uh, this is the anti-Betteridge. A Delaware judge ruled on Wednesday that Facebook must furnish some internal files to Rhode Island's public employee pension fund, which is questioning how the company came to terms with the U.S. FTC in the agency's sweeping investigation of the misuse of consumer data. This comes back to Cambridge Analytica. Mm -hmm. Yep, they got dinged for $5 billion. Well, turns out $2 billion of that might have been a, uh, a little greasing of the wheels, let's <laughs> say, to the FTC to keep Zuckerberg out of this personally. So there was no personal liability for the Zuckster. Right. And they're saying, did you guys overpay out of our money? Two billion dollars just so this little prick doesn't get, uh, you know, the the government colonoscopy that he did, like full and <laughs> truly and well deserves. Right. Along with, you know, Sheryl Sandberg, too. But, uh, yeah, so I am I am on I'm on pins and needles to see how this comes out, because you know that they uh, tacked on some extra cash to keep the Zuck safe. Well, of course they did, because like, let's face it, Zuckerberg is an intimidating man. With his rippling <laughs> muscles underneath those uh, underneath those hoodies, because uh, here's the other report, and I just love this one. Uh, Zuckerberg has reportedly said Facebook needs to inflict pain on Apple. Pain. Yes, because Zuck <laughs> is the big man now. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed off at Apple, uh, as we've been talking about in the show. The war is brewing between the two. 
I can't see Facebook winning because Facebook is nothing and Apple actually makes things that everybody uses, but okay. Uh, but yeah, he's really going after them now, apparently. He's, he's amped up. He's he's doing that M&M thing in the mirror in the morning with his hoodie and he's, mm, we're going to fucking inflict pain on Tim <laughs> Cook. I'm taking him down. This is funny because here's the problem that Facebook is having, and this goes directly into the next story I have here, which is Facebook is going to uh, try and make a watch next because they failed so you know spectacularly with their phone. Well, it's not not just their phone; they they failed with their lady in the tube. That thing ain't doing well either. Nobody wanted portal that. Portal is so, portal sold out. I completely I don't sold know out. A single person that has one. So if they sold out, they had a very limited supply. I was going to say they only made seven of them. <laughs> But everybody that I saw that reviewed it says it's one of the best video conferencing platforms out there. The problem is that nobody it's trusts Facebook. it. Yeah, nobody yes. trusts it. So now that they now I love this. This comes from uh, Ars Technica, which came from another source because that's the way it works. But the other source was behind a paywall. So I'm going with Ars Technica today. <laughs> Uh, Facebook is building an Android smartwatch, and it should hit the market next year. Mm -hmm. And I love this little little buried in here is a nice little dig. Will the project be successful? Let's just say that every word in the phrase Facebook Android smartwatch is cause for concern. (laughs) (laughs) But this comes back to Facebook not owning any platforms, Mm -hmm. like distribution platforms. They have a website. And they have APIs and they have apps that go on other people's, you know, actual distribution platforms, the phones and all that good stuff. But they don't actually they're beholden to Google and Apple for their mobile, uh, you know, complete experience, which for the most part, they're screwed if anybody decides to just go delete. Yeah. Which is what's happening right now with the whole kerfuffle with Apple, because Apple's saying, you guys are collecting way too much data and we just want to tell everybody what you're doing Mm -hmm. and we're going to make it really hard for you (laughs) to do that in the future. That's what it comes down to. Yep. And fucking (laughs) Oculus, Mm -hmm. the motherfucking Oculus. After Facebook said, you have to merge your Oculus account with a Facebook account, well, it has now been two months since all of the, the purchases that I had on the Oculus have completely disappeared. I am over 150 emails into Facebook right now. I have gotten one reply that said, hey, we got this. We're sorry that uh, you're doing wrong here. Well, what's what actually is your problem? So I sent them back the thing. Crickets. So now, like three or four times a day, I just email them and say, hello, anybody fucking home? Well, <laughs> and you know what you need to do, Jason. It's time for the public shaming. It's time to take this private conversation public on Twitter because that's the only way you're going to get a result. Yeah, that's it. I I actually did go to the Oculus forum and posted something there yesterday and say, hey, who else has this happened to? Because maybe we can start a class action lawsuit because I'm sure I can't be the only one that, uh, you know, is having this issue. But it was President's Day yesterday, which usually means nothing for customer support anymore because none of it's in America. But I'm going to give them to the end of the day to see what's going on. And I just I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. Yep. They've let you uh, they've left you hanging. No, they, they, they sold me a very pretty uh, paperweight that I would have to rebuy all of my content on, which I spent like over 150 bucks in content. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give them an extra 150 bucks for fucking me. Give them money for the privilege of fucking me. No, thank you. <laughs> Got to have that side hustle, I suppose. Yeah, no shit, no yep. shit. Uh, speaking of that, uh, work from home. We've got some work from home news. Spotify has come out and said, fuck it. You don't have to come back. 
Okay. <laughs> they've, an, they've announced their work from anywhere program through which it will allow employees to set up shop pretty much wherever they choose. It will largely be up to employees whether they venture to an office once it's safe to do that again or mostly just work from home or from anywhere with a decent internet connection. If they choose a location where there's no Spotify office close by, the company will set them up with the co-working space membership. Hence the information about WeWork surviving this in the last show. Yeah, so they're calling the move a new way of collaborating that allows Spotifyers to work from wherever, for wherever they do their best thinking and creating. Now, this all sounds wonderful, and it sounds like it's across the board, and it's going to be a few uh, a a complete shift in the way that people move and work moving forward. Where are they going to go? All that sort of stuff. There will be a few limits on location, however, based around time zone requirements and regional entity laws. Also, I got into this a little bit because I happen to know a few people that work over at Spotify. Basically, the higher up the chain you are, the closer you need to be to a fucking office. So, (laughs) of course. (laughs) So if you are one of the people that is going through, say, playlists and and all of that, by all means, sit on a beach in Aruba. If you happen to be a lawyer for Spotify, you're staying fucking where the office is. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's how that works. (laughs) Oh, man, it's... Well, it's gonna it's gonna be like that. After this pandemic, I swear I want to go to an office now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not I'm so thrilled that I might be starting a real job when this pandemic is over because I am so done with work from home. I did it for twenty years, one year doing it with the entire family at home. Get me into a fucking office. I know. I'm like I'm I'm scoping out co working offices <laughs> right now because I think maybe you know if you time it right, you can still get a pretty good deal because they're desperate. Mm-hmm. So, like, lock in a good deal while the pandemic is still here, and then you know, just don't go over and go. Use somebody else. No, no, no. I'm going. It's a it's a much more uh, fancy pants place over in Calabasas. (laughs) Yes, uh, Kardashians have been seen there. So I'm hoping to get. You're going to be in a cubicle more. You're going to be in a cubicle right next to Kim Kardashian, who's shooting her (laughs) web shots. (laughs) Oh, actually, uh, um, Jada Jada Smith shoots her show from that office. (laughs) So. I'm hoping maybe just to get some business out of it, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to get, since the Kardashians do show up, I'm trying to get a little bit more knocked off the rent because I'm like, that's not a perk. That is not a perk. <laughs> that is, not a, a, perk that at is all. a definite if, negative. <laughs> no, seriously, if Yeezy's going to be swinging by, I want another 15% off. <laughs> I want it off now. And uh, I saw this one over at Science Alert and thought it was pretty funny. AI can now learn to manipulate human behavior. Uh-huh. <sighs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're saying now that they can uh, – they, they did a bunch of different experiments, three to be precise. And uh, over the course of the experiments, the AI figured out how to uh, juice the results to get people to pick things that uh, they normally wouldn't have picked from the, the control rounds. Right. Okay. Um, why did you make this? Why? Yes. Why, did why did we need this? Did we need uh, machine learning to figure out how to – influence us did you uh-huh. not see the last election cycle <laughs> yeah we're, we're pretty good at this already <laughs> stop taking the jobs man stop taking the jobs oh cozy bear and fancy bear are gonna be definitely out first uh speaking of tag you're it russia <laughs> tiktok is now turned into uh basically how all the all the kids are organizing over in russia for their big protests so i'm like what's good for the goose is good for the gander yep, your so, turn yep it is your turn <laughs> fuckers <laughs> and uh we got uh, one more mm-hmm. we got one more city minneapolis has banned its police department from using facial recognition and that includes the douchebags at clearview ai well that's good news 
Yep, yep. We only have uh, well, we were like point zero zero one percent of the police offices or uh, police departments around the country. So it's a long road, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Are you hungry? I am which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. 
And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com code GOG. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. 
If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Media Candy. In a surprising bit of uh, news, Dave Chappelle got his show back and got paid. Yeah. Can you believe that Comedy Central actually did the right thing? I, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Comedy Central has any money. That's true, too. Well, it's, it's, you know, Viacom. Oh, wait, I'm surprised they have any money, too. <laughs> but uh, they gave him a couple million bucks and gave him his name back. So all's well that ends well. That's a that's surprising good news. Yeah. Unless you're Joss Whedon, then that's not ending well at all. Now, everybody on the Buffy cast has come out and, and you know, canceled him. But here's the funny thing. I thought he was already canceled. So he's getting double canceled. Can you get canceled twice? Um, I, I don't know. I guess so. I suppose I guess so, I, this is this has been very sad news for for my wife. She is of the perfect age, so her and her friends have been commiserating. First we first we lost Harry Potter, and now we're losing Buffy. But you don't lose the shows, just the creators. Well, you always say, Brian, you can separate the creator from the art. Sometimes, not so much with Michael Jackson. Okay, okay. Well, well see, you gotta you gotta clarify these rules sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's complicated. <laughs> I, I might need AI to figure this out. I think so, because, uh, yeah, you've made some questionable decisions with that statement in the past. So, <laughs> well, we look, have to, I, I, have to I, work don't, on that. Uh, I don't care. I've never really watched Buffy anyways. So for me, this is no big of a deal. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What it, did, uh, there's so much canceling going on right now. It's a little crazy. I'll get into it that is. later when I talk about uh, something. So. Okay. <laughs> when I talk about something. I still love Buffy, so I'm still going to watch it. You know, and I come from the era where, yes, I know everybody that works in Hollywood is a fucking raging asshole. <laughs> and so I, I used to work in Hollywood. I know that you get treated like crap to yeah. get your job done. That's yes. what happens. Yeah, that's the job. Yeah, no snowflakes in Hollywood. Also in Hollywood, now we're getting AR with uh, For All Mankind. Okay. This is uh, the Ronald D. Moore show. 
which neither mm-hmm. of us will watch. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I tried. And, uh, you know, I'd rather they spent the money on better writing than a little, you know, thing like this, personally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This AR thing actually sounds much more interesting than the show itself. But the problem is you need one of the LiDAR-enabled devices from Apple, which I do not have. Mm-hmm. Me either. So. No, there was apparently a desktop version that you could check out. And I'm like, what's the point of that? That's no fun. <laughs> so, And I saw this over at Ars Technica, and I thought we should just wrap up here. And it's a review of the stand. It says it starts out strong and then whiffs the landing. Which uh, is, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, watched the, I watched the last episode last night, which means I can finally cancel CBS All Access mm-hmm. until they For bring now. some Star Trek. Yep. Uh, they did whiff the landing. I don't understand why they spent the entire last episode focusing on what was basically a coda and only the extended version of the book. But they did, and it was like the weakest part of everything. So way to, uh, way to end it. Great job. Yep. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, so you're getting rid of CBS All Access, which will soon be Paramount Plus. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you come back, you'll be coming back to a new service. Um, I have been on Discovery Plus right. quite a bit recently. Mm-hmm. And when I popped on, Undercover Billionaire was a show I really liked. Uh, Glenn Stern's billionaire dude went undercover and in 90 days, he had 90 days, $100 and a pickup truck to build a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't spoil the first episode or first season, but he's back with a second season with three billion or three, I'm just, not billionaires, rich people this time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Timbaland's wife, Grant fucking Cardone, douchebag, right. and uh, some real estate chick from Fallbrook, California. Grant Cardone is the biggest whiner on the planet. So Mr. Big Muscly Bound Guy, just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm having such a hard time. This is so bad. And the chicks are out there just killing it. It's right. so much fun. It's only halfway through the run, and it seems like they're releasing them every two weeks or so, um, which is interesting. But they're coming out faster on Discovery Plus, which is a surprise, which is why I wanted to bring it up, because what you said about Discovery Plus is there's like n- none of the new shows. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right. And I found that in the food network for sure. I'm like, yes. What the fuck? What yeah. the fuck? They're, they're pushing some things and some things are exclusives only to get you over there. But, uh, in terms of like their bread and butter at <laughs> food network. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's all their, all their longstanding shows. They're not bothering to fill those in with, with recent, uh, recent stuff. So that sucks. So if you want uh, if you're lured in to discovery plus by some of their newer shows like Giada and what's his face, go to, go to Italy. That's great. But if you're paying for Discovery Plus to get access to all the shows that you know and love from broadcast, you're fucked. Well, that's funny. That's the actual show that I signed up for to watch. Right. And I still haven't watched it yet. <laughs> um, here's the great part, though, with the Food Network stuff. Mm-hmm. I never watched the Food Network. So well, everything is new, new to, to you. <laughs> it, yeah, it's all new to me. It's great. Yeah. So I have thousands of hours of crap to watch when things are uh, not going well. So I just want to say Undercover Billionaire Season 2 is out right now, halfway through it. And there's another one I found called Undercover Billionaire Comeback City, which also is uh, only six episodes, but pretty fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy that series for some reason. I don't know why, but okay. I do. That's fair. Look, all I want from Discovery Plus is some clarification of what their policy is. Uh, I know I've tweeted them. I saw that you tweeted them. Yep. Some of our other listeners have also tweeted them because obviously people have discovered that you know a lot of shows are not up to date what's going on can you tell us what's happening nobody has responded because i don't think there is a policy i think it's just a big old mess over there yeah it's it's, i'm sure the lawyers are the problem yeah you know and uh here's here's one other thing that uh, i use the roku app Mm -hmm. to watch it 
there is a glitch, and I th- think it has to be in the Roku app, but it might be on other platforms. So if you're listening to this and you have Discovery Plus, if you pause a show, hit play, then anywhere between 30 seconds and two minutes in, it'll stop. <laughs> and it'll like just chunk for about five seconds and then come back. No buffering screen, no nothing. It will just lock for five seconds and then come back. Interesting. If, if, tell me if, if anybody's listening that has has the Roku app, if you have this problem too, because it's, it's, now that we know what it is, mm-hmm. it's okay. We expect it. But man, it was maddening when we first started watching. We're like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? Come on. <laughs> All right. So I watched something sort of. Now, this is, this is my wife's thing. And I initially was just curled up on the couch with my book and I wasn't going to pay attention to it. But I slowly got sucked in. Not for the reason you'd think. This is Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel over on Netflix. I don't know if you remember this. This is when the uh, the girl Elisa Lam, Chinese-Canadian, came to L.A. to visit, stayed at a really shitty hotel downtown that's, like, infamous. I mean, the the uh, the, the Hillside Strangler guy stayed there, all that sort of stuff. Uh, or, sorry, the Night Stalker, that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Really bad hotel. Like, you should not be there. But you get it gets into it. They, they tried to spruce it up. They made, like, a little hostel thing that was three floors while all the crazy people stayed on the other floors. This is the girl like a that, very hostile hostel. It, it was. This is the girl that vanished, and then they found her in the water tank, and then people had been drinking the water for, like, weeks. All that sort of Ew. stuff. Do you, rem- do you remember that? It was a big no, deal. No, I don't. Okay. Well, maybe you should watch this. But okay, so she disappeared, and they never really figured out what happened, except for the fact that they once they started to get into it, they found out she was kind of manic depressive. There's this creepy elevator footage of her that that uh, it totally like one of the first things that really went viral on the internet in terms of like true crime and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can, you can tell she just lost it basically. She wasn't on her meds, and she probably just did this herself. But mm. And this is why I got sucked in. <sighs> what they call the Internet Sleuth Community. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. This entire documentary is about web sleuths, really. Oh, it's about no. these morons with YouTube channels and podcasts that cannot let anything go, that think that they are smarter than police, that think that they can figure things out better than police, that then start to go to the hotel. These people are fucking nuts. And this ties yeah. directly into cancel culture because this is – there are so many people out there with so much free time <laughs> that don't yeah. know what the fuck that they're doing and they should not have internet connections. I, I didn't want to watch this at all. Uh, my wife was watching it for the actual – like she was hoping to you know get a really good like true crime documentary type thing. <laughs> we both started just getting fascinated and our jaws were dropping because the entire thing is interviews with these web sleuths and these people are fucking nuts. They're yeah. fucking crazy and there's tons of them. Oh, yeah. There was another series that I reviewed a while ago. My, my, maybe it's part of this series. Mm-hmm. I, it was about this guy that, like, killed some cats, and then the internet right. sleuths got on top of it to try and track him down. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they aren't the ones that did it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that they weren't the ones that cracked the nut. But uh, my friend Steve Isaacs, uh, he's an old uh, MTV VJ. Mm-hmm. He he made a tweet that I thought was perfect. He's like, Netflix has a huge catalog of amazing true crime that you can watch for hours on end. The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel is not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was it was it was just uh, shocking to me, and and I, ugh, I felt dirty afterwards, and it had nothing to do with the actual crime. It just had to do with these fucking crazy people. Also, <laughs> it's not a very well done documentary because it tries to lure you in on what it's supposed to be about, but they have no information. They don't know shit except right. for what is kind of obvious, and you know, Oxum's razor here, people. We know what kind of happened to her, but not for these fucking people. And somehow they've managed four episodes just interviewing these nutbags, and it's insane. So here's the here's the difference, Brian. They're on Netflix and we're not. Well, Maybe we should try it. Yeah, and, and the thing is, this whole thing was produced by Brian, uh, Brian Glazer and Ron Howard. And if I were oh, them, no. I would be so embarrassed to have my name on this. Oh man, must be you know what COVID times they get COVID a break. times. I guess so. <laughs> wow. um, and then to kind of cleanse ourselves after watching those, uh, this show's been around for a long time. We've never watched it. It is produced in Toronto, Canada, and it's uh, so again. This is a uh, big on my wife's to to watch list, but I have to say utterly delightful there's a show called kim's convenience it is one of the best comedies i've seen it's four seasons in it's fucking hilarious and i mean you want to talk cancel culture they don't give a shit like <laughs> okay the first episode is is just insanely like the racist jokes the homophobic jokes they fly left right and center it is fucking hilarious it's so good <laughs> see racism and homophobia are funny yes they can be <laughs> How, how old is this series? Uh, not that old. They're still producing it. So I think the fifth season oh, is coming perfect. soon. So I, I highly recommend it, man. It is very funny. Okay. Yeah. I need some non-snowflake comedy. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Ups and doodads. So I've been rewiring my studio here and I've been having these power issues and like, you know, little clicks and pops in the audio and mm -hmm. lights flickering and stuff like that. And I'm like... I figured, oh, the power from the house because I'm in a garage. It's just crappy. And then one day I'm moving stuff around and I noticed that uh, I I, – because I have uh, like, you know, general power strips around here with a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff plugged into them, you know. Yeah, the cheap and like cheerful you, ones like we do. all pick up everywhere, yeah. Oh, these are monsters. These were monster power strips. Ah. But uh, I noticed that one of them had fused to the actual extension cord that it was plugged into because I had overloaded it so much. <laughs> Uh, so I went out and I bought actual really nice monster power strips, the like 2000 jewels, uh, which <laughs> make your own Pulp Fiction jokes on that one. Uh, but I plugged those things in. Not a problem anymore. It's perfect. I can even run my space heater and all of my lights and everything and not a single problem. So if you have weird issues in your house and you've been using these cheap ass power strips forever, it might be worth upgrading those is all I'm saying. Keep the power clean. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this week I have done almost entirely the show notes that I put into this episode on my iPad. I have gotten, I, I, you know, I got the 12 inch iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. I could never get the damn multitasking to work right. So I spent five minutes and figured out how to do it. <laughs> so now I've got a split screen with Reader on, the ha on one half and the Quip app that we use, not Quip the toothbrush, but we use Quip the uh, collaborative editing software from Salesforce mm -hmm. to do the show notes for this. And it's great. <laughs> I can just sit there in the backyard and just scroll through stories, copy, paste, move them around. The entirety now is just done on the iPad. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I just I know I'm late to the show on this one, but I was like, once I got it once I got it cooking, man, it's like, wow, multitasking is neat. Neat. Very neat. Uh so is Notes Plus. Mm -hmm. I've been taking a lot of notes because I've got a lot of uh scripts that I have to write. And I like to write them in longhand. And 
most of the um, note-taking apps do have like handwriting recognition, but getting them to export into plain text is like a Herculean effort. Right. Notes Plus lets you like dump an entire notebook as plain text. Mm-hmm. So you can just go to your heart's content and then just dump the whole thing, bring it into a text editor later, and then, you know, put it back together. So it's coherent. Right. Um, and the handwriting recognition is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, I got terrible handwriting and it's like <laughs> 99% on, on picking up everything I do. And it's only 10 bucks works great on the iPad pro uh, with the pencil. And I use that. Um, remember I told you about that screen protector I got. That's like, I think it's paper like, yeah, was the name of it? I believe oh, so. Oh yeah. man, it's so nice. If you're using a pencil and and writing on it, it really does feel like paper. It's really cool. There so you go. Highly recommend it. All of those. All right. Uh since we've gotten our audio situation so dialed in here, I've been using my Sennheiser headphones forever and uh our sound now is so good, you are hearing yourself bleed through constantly. So I got the Sony MDR7506 Professional Large Diaphragm Headphones at your recommendation with nice big ear cuppies, and you can't hear me any. You can't hear no, yourself can't. anymore. So problem no, solved. Now, they're nowhere exactly. near as comfortable as my Sennheisers, and they certainly music doesn't sound as good. But uh, for this particular application, there you go. Yep, you find these in every radio station on the planet for yep. a reason. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're you know neutral response. They do fit. They they you know you'll break them in. Those All cups right. will break in over like you know a couple of weeks and they'll be fine. They get they get comfier, <laughs> like an old pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> now let's move on to Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Clubhouse. Yep. Uh, I found this one over at Pointer.org and it's called Factually: What Will Fact Checkers Find on Clubhouse? Well. Turns out that most of the article is not a lot because there are so many issues with the fact that you can't go back to listen to any conversations. You have to listen in real time and take notes because you quote unquote can't record the conversations. I have That's a video. P- I have a video <laughs> PSA coming out about that very shortly that you can see. It is so easy to record the conversations. You just can't do it in the app. It costs you about a three dollars yes. for a cable, and uh, anybody that's recorded the radio can do. <laughs> As I said in the Warner Brothers music uh, big conference room to the head of Warner Brothers music some twenty five odd years ago, anything that's digital can be recorded. If you can hear it, you can see it, you can record it. <laughs> yes. Period. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting take on fact checkers. And the thing about this article, if you go and check it out there, it's a series that they do that fact checkers actually write. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of articles about fact checking, which I thought was fascinating. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to read them because I don't care that much. <laughs> but people who are interested in fact checking can go check out those articles. Right. So check it out. Check it out. So over at Vox, they have a very long article that's entitled, You've Been Invited to Clubhouse. Your privacy hasn't. And this details mm-hmm. all the horrific things that they do privacy-wise, which is basically everything. Uh, they suck up all your contacts. If you don't let them have your contacts, but you're in somebody else's contacts, you're a shit out of luck because now you're in their system. Uh, mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. You can read all about this if you want to get into it. What drives me crazy is that, you know, okay, hold on a second. They're valued. Clubhouse is valued at a billion dollars right now. They are? A billion. Oh, God. They are valued at a billion dollars right now. Uh, as you've already pointed out, uh, the content itself is somewhat suspect. Their privacy policies are somewhat suspect. As this article gets into, half their site doesn't work. Settings pages have serious glitches. Sometimes the link led to a redirect to a real privacy policy. Most of the time it didn't. This is also true for what's new, fact, community guidelines, and terms of service. 
Imagine a world in which, Jason, <laughs> you and I built up a website that didn't work, that links didn't work, that was horrific privacy-wise, that didn't really have any content that was worth anything. All it got really was buzz, and you're valued at a billion dollars. That's where we're at now. We did it wrong. We just did it all wrong. We did. We we created good websites well, we did that it actually right, worked, which was wrong. <laughs> which was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Wow. No. And uh, everybody's gunning for Clubhouse now. Everybody has uh, a knockoff coming, <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. I think Clubhouse, their first mover advantage, isn't going to stick on this. Right. I think they're going to get their lunch eaten. It's even Mark Cuban's in on it. So we talked about that last episode, and I don't, I don't give any credence to Mark Cuban, but uh, Twitter <laughs> Spaces are coming out, and you know Facebook's on it. Everybody's going to be on it. Because here's the thing about Clubhouse, not that hard to do. The whole thing about it is not that hard to do. It's all turnkey shit. They're using backend from, guess, wait for it, China, of course. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, tech issues here that uh, are not hard to solve, mm -hmm. which means they could have actually spent a little bit more time and, I don't know, made their four-page website actually work. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I, I was talking about uh, the, the calls on Clubhouse and how you can record them, mm -hmm. there's a great article by Preston Byrne. He's a he's an attorney, uh, does mostly crypto stuff. So don't don't hold that against him. But he, he does a really good article called "You Really Shouldn't Record Clubhouse Calls Because uh, Just Because You Can Do Something Doesn't Make It Legal." Yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've talked about this a little on the Discord channel too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just assume just assume that if you're on Clubhouse, you're being recorded because yeah, you probably that's are. Pretty safe to say. Uh, also found this one over at Vox, how the COVID-19 pandemic broke next door. Now, you and I can argue till the day ends that next door was broken pre-COVID-19. As we called the app, it's the best way to find out which of your uh, neighbors are racist. That's what yeah, it's That's for. exactly what it is. Uh, yeah. But this article gets into that since COVID-19, a lot of people have turned to next door for local information, for staying close to neighbors, for figuring out what's going on in the neighborhood, for talking about stuff. And basically this entire article is uh, if you try to go on and do the right thing, you're going to get shut down. So yeah. it, it's people that actually have knowledge and are doing the right thing and are trying to, you know, spread good information to keep their communities healthy and safe and being shut down by crazy anti-vaxxers and nutbags that live next door. Yeah, fun times. Fun <laughs> and this times. article really gets into one where basically one guy who was basically who told his neighbor to delete a post and accused the neighbor of lying because the neighbor was spreading anti-vax and crazy information and uh, next door shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got a story about getting shut down real quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our friend Eric Hunley, who runs the Unstructured podcast, has been uh, building up his YouTube channel, doing live streams for the past year and got up to about 15,000 subscribers, which is impressive. Very impressive. Mm -hmm. Well, last weekend in the middle of a uh, live stream with a Bitcoin professional, uh, just it was just a Q&A asking information about Bitcoin and how it works and things like that. YouTube suddenly decided to deactivate his channel midstream and <laughs> shut him down and take him off the internet. They turned the sprinklers on, as, right. as we are often mm -hmm. like to say. And uh, yeah, for basically didn't tell him anything. He's been fighting to get it back, found some secret links to get into some secret backdoor things <laughs> to get it turned back on. And they finally turned it back on yesterday, except they did not turn on seven months worth. Of, all this stuff is seven months old. Right. Or, or like, older. It's like Discovery Plus. 
<laughs> exactly. They, <laughs> Discovery Plus has bought Eric's channel. Uh, so this is a cautionary tale, uh, but we've said it before, and I feel bad for Eric because he has put so much work into it mm-hmm. and does make money off of it and uh, didn't do anything wrong. You know, if he was doing something wrong, I'd been like, yeah, you know, if you're talking about how the frogs are turning gay, well, then I'd be like, shut your ass down. Yeah. But he was just doing an informative Q&A, mm-hmm. and some troll probably came in and reported his channel. Right. And... Uh, the fact that they didn't give him the option to appeal that before just taking him off the internet, you know, that's on YouTube. So if you know anybody at YouTube that can help get Eric's uh, content back, drop me a note, j at jpd.me, and I'll put you in touch because it's it's bullshit. And, you know, there's a lot of work that went into that, and he shouldn't, he doesn't deserve it. At the library. I read Extraterrestrial, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth by Avi Loeb. Now, Avi Loeb is a, a learned man, a very smart man. Uh, he is professor of science at Harvard University. He is chair of Harvard's Department of Astronomy. He's the founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative and director of the Institute for Theory and Computation within the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. He knows his stuff. This entire book is purportedly about the uh, – you remember that big cigar shape, maybe – uh, thing that came through. Uh, maybe yes, it did. T- yeah, ten years ago. Yes. I can't remember what it was called. They gave it was it a about, it was name. About, it was about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Whatever. I don't remember. Uh, so this is supposedly just about how this is. This could have been extraterrestrial life, and um, maybe about two paragraphs. Maybe a whole chapter was actually about that. This could have been one pager. This could have been an article on, uh, say, The Atlantic or something like that. Instead, I read an entire book about his life, which admittedly was fascinating. Uh, He certainly really loves his wife. I I definitely got that from the book. (laughs) I did not get much about uh, how this could have been intelligent life. Interesting. It's funny that you read that book because you said that there's no way you were going to read that book because I had told you about Dr. Avi Loeb. And uh, (laughs) uh, you can go uh, check out Follow Your Different, episode 202. Uh, Link for that will be in the show notes where Chris Lockhead uh, interviews Dr. Avi Loeb. Well, let me tell you how the hype machine works because when Lockhead... When Lockhead started posting about it, I was like, shit, I guess I have to read this book. Turns out I didn't. You could have listened to the podcast. <laughs> I should have just done that. Yeah, because I think I think the podcast was half. I, I think the the breakdown is about the same. Yeah, as far as uh, Avi's life and then <laughs> the uh, the extraterrestrial stuff. But yeah. I, I like Avi. He's a smart guy. No, Very nice too. Look, I mean, like I said, I I I didn't not enjoy reading the book. It's just not what was on the tin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind. I get that. I haven't read it, but I have it. But. Uh, <laughs> Now that now that I know, I probably won't read it. <laughs> but I got to tell you, when uh, when we interviewed him for the show, I just go in and, and do sound checks. But when he when he came on, this guy had his background was exactly you, you, that title that you just all those titles that you read. Yeah, his background matched it <laughs> like to a T. It was like the most beautiful study with books everywhere, and I'm like. It, is, it wasn't fake. It wasn't a digital background. This was really like his study. And I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> smart dude. You, really smart you got dude. Some knowledge. You got some knowledge up in there. <laughs> I am reading a replay by Ken Grimwood. Mm-hmm. It's a story about a guy that like uh, 
the the long and short of it is uh, this guy is 40, he dies, wakes back up in his 18-year-old body with all of his knowledge, something that we all would really like to have happen to <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm about a third of the way through, and it's, it's, it's a delightful little read. Someone on Discord recommended this yeah, I did on our Discord that. channel. I thought that was interesting, so cool. Yeah, so far I'm really digging it. I'll have the full, uh, the full write-up next episode. Security? Ha! We are joined again this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast and also the co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. Welcome, Dave. Hello. Hello. Nice to be back. Do we have any Star Wars talk this week, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) No. Anything on your mind? No, no, no. Haven't been reading the comics. Don't know what's going on. Don't care. No, 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 no Mandalorian cancel news that you want to discuss. Oh, gee, uh, what's her face? What's her name? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm the same. She will I'm not be same. rehired. Yeah, she right. will not be rehired. Right. Look, you know, yeah. yep. Look, that, you know, a lot of people are getting canceled. Sometimes it's a little questionable. Sometimes uh, pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> I, I just think about everything that she has thrown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, you you get a, a role like I mean, maybe she can still go to conventions and sign autographs and and all that sort of thing. But if she you got get a, a movie role, deal with if you get oh, a good yeah, role yes. in a, with who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she was going to have her own series. She and, went from know, having her own Disney Star Wars series to doing a doing a movie with uh, what's his face? I can't even remember his name. Little annoying guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She would have been set for life mm-hmm. just for doing the convention circuit and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she just couldn't she couldn't help herself. I guess no, nope, couldn't so do it. So if she ever happens. does conventions, she, I might actually go to one and just like draw a little Hitler mustache on her on her pro- promo pic and have her sign that. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't know. You know, she. I mean, she could totally take you out, Brian. Well, <laughs> she 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 may not be a nice person, but she is still incredibly physically fit and capable. True, true that. <laughs> yes. I'll have a lightsaber with me, and I'll have you with me behind me, Dave, in your star in your uh, in your stormtrooper storm outfit. Trooper up. But <laughs> right. but as we know, stormtroopers can't shoot for uh, shit. That's so true. you might want you might want to nah. find somebody else. Aim at Mark nah, Hamill, Dave. Aim at Mark Hamill. Yeah, <laughs> you'll turn around and you'll say, "Dave, get her!" And uh, and you'll see this stormtrooper sprinting away in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> do people not read their morality clauses anymore i was wondering Close about that doors. as well because i remember a couple of times in our distant past we had signed on with various uh, podcast networks that promised many things didn't deliver none of them but the one thing that they did deliver was a gigantic morality clause <laughs> Yeah. Mm. We're like, have you mm-hmm. heard our show before? <laughs> we'll right. sign it, but uh, <laughs> okay. Maybe she did the same thing that we did. We just Pretty signed much. it and ignored it. I, I'm sure, have you <laughs> looked at my Twitter feed? <laughs> yeah. Well, there we have it. <laughs> There's our Star Wars news for the week. That's all we need. Okay. Cool. I saw this one come through uh, ZDNet, and this uh, actually no, this one comes from Eric Hunley, friend of the show. I, I got other ones that came through the others. Uh, this Solar Winds attack took more than one thousand engineers to create, says Microsoft. That seems like a lot. More than word. Yeah. <laughs> we covered this today on on CyberWire, and um, you know, do you, do you micro- smell the BS on that number? Well, because 
Microsoft says a lot of things. And <laughs> mm-hmm. our take is that what the, when they say a thousand, what they really mean is a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're with them on that. This this was it was very sophisticated. It, it, it means more than effort. one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I, a thousand is a lot of people, so um, I don't know if a, if a thousand stands up to scrutiny. But we will—we're on board with the, the notion that it was a lot, more than one. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. Yes, a couple, three, yeah. and folks who knew what they were doing. I mean, you know, this is this is not skids fooling around. These folks knew what they were doing. Yeah, it's not Vlad in his grandma's basement in <laughs> Moscow. Right. right. All right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't. Uh, a little crazy on that one because I'm like a thousand is kind of a lot. I mean that's how, that's how many people it took to make Google Maps, and this was not <laughs> Google Maps, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To think about how what it takes to organize a thousand people on a, any sort of development project. I mean, especially yeah. in Russia. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know. But uh, what's a lot is of vodka? Something you're not telling us. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. I, uh, yes, my ransomware as a service company is doing just right. fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, comrade. <laughs> yes. Uh, this other one that came in, though, uh, new, sip- new, new, sip- new type of supply chain attack hit Apple, Microsoft, and 33 other companies. Now, this one was scary for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're doing is basically using open source software and kind of hijacking the public repos by putting in code that is named exactly like other code that's in the repos, upping the version number and keeping all the dependencies the same. So it looks the same, but it is not the same. And when people go to do pull requests on the packages, they're getting code that is not the actual package. Now, I always thought that there was a lot more uh, security in place to prevent, like, you know, fraud or namespace collisions. But uh, nope, <laughs> not there at all. Will be now. <laughs> if only it was on the blockchain. Oh, man. Yeah, this is uh, one of the one of the downsides of open source software. If you've ever run a WordPress plugin or installed a WordPress plugin and had to update it because one little library somewhere, I'm looking at you, Tim Thumb, uh, will, you know, basically expose every piece of software that you've ever installed because one person screwed up. And Mm -hmm. this is like that. Nobody screwed up. They did this maliciously. And it's, uh, you know. It's it's a bad day for open source software, I think, and for these repositories. They're really going to have to scramble to kind of have some kind of mechanisms in place to make sure that what you're getting is what you're getting. Yeah. Check sums yeah. be damned. I mean, you know, my feeling has always been open source is absolutely great until it's not. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a wonderful yeah. concept until all of a sudden you're ass out in the wind. Yeah. And I, um, it's, all, it's worth noting that um, the, all of, basically all of these companies gave this researcher the maximum amount uh, that you can get from their bug bounty programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them even more than that <laughs> because uh, <laughs> if this was a big deal, a big, 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 big deal. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm really curious how they're going to start to mitigate this mm-hmm. because, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So. Speaking of somebody that has an idea, but I think they may have no idea, Bloomberg is back mm-hmm. in the news <laughs> with their supply chain hack that we talked about, was it two years ago? It was 2018, I think, then the first it one came out? It was 2018, yep. Yeah, and even back then, we're like, show your work. 
Show us one right. of these boards that has been compromised in a supply chain attack with this grain of rice chip that you keep saying exists but have not been able to produce. And they're back again saying the same thing. And everybody's just scratching their head going, you guys are really willing to die on this hill, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, they're doubling down on this. And, but still no evidence. None. Uh, they've, they've, got, they've got more people talking about it. They've got some folks who are on the record. But if you break it apart, if you really parse what people are saying, there's really – there's nothing new here. Um, and uh, folks like NSA are still saying – in response to this new article, they're saying, uh, nope, still nothing. <laughs> we, do, we don't know what you're talking about here. Um, you know, they, they talk about in the story how um, this could be some bit of embedded hardware that's in one of the, the in, internal layers of a multi-layer printed circuit board. You know, we're all familiar with uh, printed circuit boards and I think most of us probably think about how they have uh, circuitry on one side of the board and circuitry on the other side of the board. Well, for many, many years there have been multi-layer printed circuit boards which have more than just the two sides. There are layers embedded, sandwiched within the circuit board and that would be a place where you could hide something. Um, so like and an they espionage sort of, Big Mac. <laughs> Well, they a sesame seed, um, but they <laughs> they they allude to that in the article. But again, show me, show us an X-ray, show us something. There's no. If they just keep saying this is a hardware-based thing, and there's no evidence. There's mm -hmm. no evidence, and you have so many other security researchers are saying, why would they do this in hardware when you could achieve the same thing through software? It's just, it still doesn't make sense. I don't understand the timing of it. Why? Why Bloomberg decided to double down now, um, you know, I know some of the people who are mentioned in the article. One of them is a, a co-worker of mine here from Data Tribe, um, I, I, and I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, we we remain mysteries. skeptical. Yeah, we remain skeptical, and until Bloomberg actually comes up with some evidence, uh, I don't think there's much more to say about this. And why would you re? Why would you double down on this with no new evidence? That's <laughs> I, I just it doesn't make any sense. Do you guys have any thoughts on this beyond? Am I missing something here? That's what I want to know. Am I missing something? Because to me, it's ridiculous. What are they? Yeah. What are they at about this? What What do they have to gain? You know, it's like everybody forgot about the last article. It was fine. It was quiet. It had gone away. You know, right. it's like that we time you really, on. really got drunk at the party. And right. some and journalist they, has got something yeah. over one of the editors there. That's all I can think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, why yeah. would you say, hey, look, I found these photos on the phone at that time. I really got drunk and got really <laughs> stupid and puked in the in the fern. You know, here, mm -hmm. let's look at them again. And post them to Instagram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like makes no sense. Yeah. You guys yeah. got Good away times. with it. So what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they come up with some evidence, great. But until then, there's there's no – it's up to them to make their case. And it's up to the journalists to make their case. And and they have not. Supermicro again has released a, another uh, statement saying there's nothing to this. We don't understand this. No one has we, – we, there's nothing here. Um, I don't know. It's just a real head scratcher. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're all we're all in the same boat then. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, crazy on weird. the internet. Imagine that. It's yeah, weird. Seriously.
Uh, I saw this one over at The Verge, and I, I, I kind of like this one. Chrome for iOS will soon keep incognito tabs even more secret with Face ID. This is, so if you have, you know, your, your phone's unlocked, you're, you still have incognito mode open with your, you know, I'd say, yeah, probably Pornhub tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just throwing, is throwing a few out there. Is there any shame anymore for looking I mean, at Pornhub? Is, are people really using incognito mode at this point or just uh, just saying to hell with it? I, I'm guessing they probably do just to keep the wifey, you know, mm. away from it. So there's no history in your browser history. Yes. I mean, I that would just be, that's, that's literally the least you can do <laughs> to cover your tracks. Right. But, uh, or even if you're logged into like, say your, your company's VPN and you're looking at spreadsheets on your phone for, you know, the projections for next year's grand takeover and you want to keep it secret. Uh, to be able to lock that tab with some kind of you know extra security, I think is actually kind of a good thing. Just, but the the thing is nowadays, it's like okay, your phone's open already with Face ID. Um, why do you need it again? Is is, is this <laughs> one of those like scenarios where okay, I unlocked my phone, I'm in Chrome, and I hand it to someone else with it unlocked, and then they start poking around, and then you get to that next level of secure, security. It's yes. like I, I like the idea, but it seems like a, a pretty big edge case. Um, I think, well, I mean, Signal works this way, right, where you can have Face ID, a, sep- a separate layer of Face ID for the Signal app. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. good functionality there as well. Um, you know, it, it, I, I don't, it's, it allows you to have different tiers of access to your device, you know, you mm-hmm. could say to your boss or to your spouse or, you know, whatever, a significant other, a trusted friend, you could say, here's the unlock code for my phone in case something happens to me. But you could still have some things that have a different degree of security on them that you don't provide access to. And well, why not? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, why not? I like the idea when I first heard it. I was just trying mm-hmm. to break it down and see if it was actually <laughs> useful as we were talking. You know, I was trying to do a live, yeah. you know, devil's mm-hmm. advocate. But I think, yeah, it's probably pretty good. All I right. think it is. I wish I wish more apps that were security focused included that functionality to give you a, a granularity to the amount of access you want to have on a per app basis. I think there's some good uh, usefulness there. I, I like the idea of it. Uh, it's, it's good in Signal. So why not? All right. And a couple of listeners sent us this link. I, I was actually, I saw it as well, and I thought it was kind of funny, but wasn't going to put it in the notes. But since we got uh, some people sending it to us, here it is. Uh, this is over advice. Is this Beverly Hills cop playing Sublime Santeria to avoid being live streamed? Now, first off, uh, it's absolutely criminal that they were not playing Axel F by Harold Faltemeyer. <laughs> yeah. Being the Beverly Hills or police officer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So very poor choice. I mean, they should have that just ready to play at a moment's notice. Um, Here's the story. Last Friday, a man entered the Beverly Hills Police Department only to be treated to a mini DJ set that could potentially get his Instagram account banned. So Senate Devermont was at the department to file a form to obtain body camera footage from an incident in which he received a ticket he felt was unfair. Now, (laughs) 
Devermont also happens to be a well-known L.A. area activist who regularly live streams protests and interactions with the police to his more than 300,000 followers on Instagram. So this guy is on the police's radar. He's a pain in the ass. He is a gadfly to yeah. them. So I am wondering whether, you know, they have this music system ready to go for just anybody or if this is very special treatment for Mr. Devermont. <laughs> so the idea here of course being if they start playing copyrighted material while they're being recorded and it goes up then obviously the streaming services uh machine learning systems will copyright systems will grab it and immediately shut them down now the problem here is of course they didn't do that they don't seem to work mm -hmm. and all these videos are still up so clever idea though i, I will give the yeah. beverly hills police a, a a thumbs up on being clever enough to give that a go Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was another – We uh, Ben and I covered this over on Caveat uh, this week and uh, there was another case where a different police officer, I think with a different person, uh, started playing some Beatles songs because the Beatles are famously uh, uh, prickly when it yes. comes to having <laughs> – Litigious. <laughs> Litigious. <I think> <laughs> word. <laughs> yes, uh, that is the word I was looking for, yes. Um, and uh, But r you're right. It didn't work. Uh, I, I, I also give the police points for trying to be clever. Um, you know, seems to me to be kind of a, not kind of, seems to me to totally be a dick move on the cops part. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're allowed to be videotaped while they're working. So, you know. Yeah. And uh, my recollection, too, is that uh, the police department uh, – it was this Beverly Hills, right? Yes. The police department yes. said they're reviewing the policy. So it sounds like they're probably going to get a slap on the wrist now, and say, knock it off. Now, is there a distinction – I understand they're, they're allowed to be recorded while they're working. Uh, is there a distinction between actually in the police station versus just out in public? Because he did go into the police station itself to start recording these guys. Hmm. It's a good because question. That, I would you know, imagine – yeah. I would imagine that um, the public areas of the police station, like the lobby, would be fair game. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can bet that there's lots of recording devices already in that lobby. Yes. <laughs> um, I would think, yeah. I mean, if you're back in a, in the working areas of the police station, they could make a case that that could be off limits, and I could that seems reasonable to me. But in the public areas, I don't I don't see why they would uh, why they'd feel like they'd need to to shut that down. I mean, it it yes, it's a pain in the ass, and and it 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 makes who who likes that to happen to have someone come in. Holding a video camera, pointing it at you, it just it makes you uncomfortable. But if you're a cop, that's part of the job now. Yeah, true. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but come but on, still, guys. Axel F. F theme. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that would come actually on. get goodwill from people. I think people would get a really good chuckle out of that and be like, ah, oh, very clever, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, it's going to totally fly over like half our listeners' heads. They've never seen the movie, never heard of it. Yeah. Well, i tell you what, though. It does have legs, so <laughs> worth worth the rewatch. You know, uh, this weekend uh, uh, we, I watched um, Coming to America with my son, with my 14-year-old Jack, mm. uh, because the Coming to America sequel is coming out. Very soon. excited. I hadn't, yes. seen, mm -hmm. hadn't seen Coming to America in a long time. Probably – I remember I did see it in the theaters and I don't know that I've seen it since. I probably wow. did over the years. But let me tell you um, – 
I think it's 1988 that movie came out. And let me tell you, movies were paced a lot differently back in 1988. <laughs> oh, yes, they were. Than they are today. I mean, this movie is slow, slow. Also, um, I am not a huge fan of um, of uh, the director of this film, um, John Landis. Mm. Um, I think the way I describe it is uh, I think John Landis is a bad director of good movies. Okay. In other words, <laughs> okay. I think that some of – you know, I mean think about some of the movies he's done. The Blues Brothers, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trading Places, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, great movie. You're not Coming really American, selling him as a bad movie. director yet. I'm, I'm, yeah, you're not making your case think, yet here. Well, <laughs> but I think these movies are good in spite of him. Oh, okay. I think his skills as a director – uh, and there are things when you watch his movies, for me anyway, when I see them and I go, oh, Landis, you know, like <laughs> the way that he shoots his movies, the way he edits his movies, the shot selection, the there's all sorts of things that are that are his movies that I'd think as a director are sloppy. I, f- I find him to be a very sloppy director. But in spite of that, I have to admit. The movies are great. So <laughs> yeah, I, know, yep. I know I'm contradicting myself here. Yes. Maybe somebody else can, <laughs> can you know, get, get the nuance that I'm going for here. But uh, yeah. yeah, this ties into something Brian and I were talking about earlier in the show where you can make a horrible website and a horrible product and yet still get a billion dollar valuation. So yes. John Landis <laughs> is the clubhouse of movies. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Or clubhouse is the John Landis of apps. Yes, there you go. That yeah. makes sense. I'd say my my favorite thing that John Landis ever directed is Thriller. Oh mm. yes, I think mm. I think he actually I think that he did a really good job on. But canceled, uh, can't watch it anymore. Well, that's me. I won't watch it anymore. <laughs> can't watch Thriller. Why? Uh, <laughs> I have Michael Jackson issues. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, I thought you had something against zombies. No, I love zombies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, zombies totally yeah. fine. No reason to cancel them yet. Now, right, you know, right. if they, they make Hitler jokes on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the royal penis is clean. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, that's usually yeah. my line. <laughs> I don't know why, but that scene sticks out more than anything else from coming to America. I always remember that line. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good one. My Italian Jack noticed it. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, before we get into any more trouble and we get canceled, let's call it a day, guys. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Moron of the week. I saw this and I was just a head scratcher. Intel is mocking Apple with their new ad campaign, saying that, oh, yeah, you have the new M1 Mac, but you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, you want to ro- wa- launch a rocket? Better get a PC. Want to touch the screen? Better get a PC and all this <laughs> other crap. And I'm just like, just the desperation smell that's coming off Intel right now is just, it's palpable. Yeah. It's I, thick. I, I just don't, uh, I, a bad choice on a, on a PR firm or an advertising agency, I think, here. Um, I don't, you know, we don't need Intel and Apple, like, attacking each other. Just tell me what your fucking product does. That's all I want you to do for your advertising. Thank you. It, and Apple is not attacking Intel. Yeah, Apple's just moving yeah. on. They're like, you know, I, it's just not working out. Yeah. It's not. It's not uh, you. It's me. We're yeah. just better now. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't need Twitter beefs as advertising. 
No, seriously. It's like, okay, PCs are good for PCs. I, I'll, I, every computer I have here is Intel except one. Mm-hmm. So, eh, the way it is. But <laughs> don't, be, don't be petty, Intel. Don't be petty. Yes. Petty inside. That's what Intel doom, is doom, now. Doom. <laughs> uh, and I found this one. There is a crowdfunding campaign to set, send a flat earther to space. Can't we just crowdfund hitting him over the head with a hammer? I think that's going to be cheaper, yep. and probably uh, since the GoFundMe campaign has only raised 250 pounds out of 250,000 pound goal, <laughs> he can afford a hammer. He can get, even get one of those Pentagon hammers for yep. that much. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't agree with spending this much money on idiocy. No, yep. no, but it's still funny. It is funny. <laughs> gotta give, gotta give him that feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we've got. No one. No new people. Sad Christmas. Nobody on Patreon. Over at PayPal, we've got Natalie, Linda, Andrew, Raj, Logan, Patricia, and Nathaniel. Thank you so much. Over at Twitter, Moss6502 writes in, that's one strategy to control the narrative, and this is from Axios, the new media mogul, Anderson Horowitz, one of Silicon Valley's most formidable venture capital firms, is doubling down on content, putting some tech media outlets on edge. This is A16Z, a multi-billion dollar firm that invests across industries, has announced in January that it's building a new and separate media property, because everybody else does. Why not them? Why the fuck not? Yes. (laughs) So... Why it matters. They aren't interested in traditional journalism, but in an era where content and reach is power, it wants to exert more influence over how people think about tech and business issues. So it's basically creating a propaganda house. Yes, uh, they have a big stake in in Clubhouse. Yes. (laughs) Hence the billion dollar valuation for something that can't even have a fucking site that works. (laughs) But Andreessen Horowitz is the big dog. You know, they've Mm -hmm. been around forever. Mark Andreessen. The old days, Mos- or not, uh, before Mosaic, what was it? Uh, Mosaic. Mosaic, yes. Mosaic. My first yes. browser. Yes. Uh, Mark now looks like a supervillain. He kind of looks like, uh, what's his name from Daredevil? Uh, the uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio character. Oh, okay. Kingpin. He looks like Kingpin. Kingpin. That's it. (laughs) It's very scary. And Corstar writes in, this story could be titled under what could possibly go wrong. Those crazy Ruskies are about to add the third dimension of traffic. Flying taxis to hit the skies in 2024. Yeah, I'm going to actually file this one under. We'll have self-driving cars in 5, 10, mm, 20 years. Mm, uh, (laughs) Yeah. But hey, uh, good. Some of these startups are getting million dollars in funding. And yeah, that's the only trickle down economics that ever seemed to work so none of this shit's ever going to happen ever oh flying taxis could hit the ground in 2024 (laughs) (laughs) yeah matt writes in if apple gets into some sort of crypto it should be the apple seed then you can buy a new laptop with apple seeds too corny yes yes And Sherman writes in, what up, geeks? I thought you might get a kick out of this. Just more proof that the only way to get a company to do anything good for consumers is to shame them into it. And this is AT&T scrambles to install fiber for 90-year-old after his viral Wall Street Journal ad. I saw this thing happen <laughs> in real time, and I'm like, I was just pissed off. I'm like, okay, so this guy's got money. He can take out a Wall Street Journal ad, and then he gets fiber, but everybody else in North Hollywood is still stuck with crappy internet. I know. It's like, 90-year-old Aaron Epstein, stop showing off with your $10,000 print ads. Just tweet him like everybody else does. Exactly. Fucker. Of course, he actually got a result. Yeah. There's that. See, it's going to cost me $10,000 to take out an ad against Oculus just so I can get my $150 worth of content back. Yep, that's the way it works. You got to spend money to lose money. 
one, Jennifer writes in, stolen Tesla totaled in downtown streets. The owner was interviewed. His description of the outcome, truer words, could not be said about the guy who stole it. Watch the interview. Goes into tech stuff about Tesla. And this is a link over from the WBRC.com website. Stolen Tesla totaled in downtown during high-speed joyride. I watched the video, and I didn't really see anything about getting into the Tesla stuff. So I don't know. Okay. Don't know what was well, I'm glad there. you watched it. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I read the article and I'm like, oh, you got to make me watch something. I know. I hate that. <sighs> <sighs> we need transcripts okay, so, for everything. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Vincent's back. Vincent. You know, sometimes <laughs> when I see Vincent's emails come in, <laughs> I, I feel like we've been emailed by, by, uh, by Burroughs himself. <laughs> Uh, Vincent, if you could if you could siphon off a little more of that whiskey uh, fund over to maybe our Patreon, <laughs> that would be appreciated because your whiskey fund is is uh, is epic, my man. Well, you know epic. what you know what what we're doing on our podcast now, actually, Jason. When we go into the feedback section, we're playing Vincent Roulette. Who's gonna get him? <laughs> <laughs> this time it's you. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that's it. So we got a couple, a couple here from Vincent about how the uh, red envelope works on, uh, on Chinese, Chinese New Year. New Year. Yes. yes, and all of that. So the, here's the thing: all of these are going to be in the show notes. We're, we're we're not cutting Vincent off. He's not getting cut off here. Uh, but uh, so there are so many of them. There are so many words. We are going to save you the hour it would take to read them. <laughs> So, so yes, we've got a couple good videos about Chinese New Year here. And then he's got another one that apparently all the COVID in the world fits in a can. And this one was kind of interesting that mm -hmm. when you take, in, take into account how many people have been infected and what the size of the actual virus is and how teeny weeny tiny it is, it can all fit in a can of Coke. All right. So that's mm -hmm. pretty good. New Coke. And yep. New variant Coke. And, <laughs> so. Sorry, it's infecting me. Like I'm just I'm I'm reading him and I'm turning into him here. <laughs> and some Pornhub news. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the big guys, uh, Grant Thornton, is leaving Pornhub because they are being audited. And uh, yep, he's out. So there it is. All right, <laughs> go, go okay. read it. I think you get him from now on. You do much better. Okay. I actually tried to go through and read it, and then I start to like lose track of my mind completely. It's awesome. Thank <laughs> you, Vincent. Get time for that. <laughs> Chris writes in, love the show, gents. Check out The Head on HBO Max. It's a six-episode miniseries set in Antarctica. Binged it over the weekend and loved that it was more mystery like the movie Whiteout than a sci-fi fest like The Thing. Stay grumpy. I am uh, three episodes into it, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And speaking of things that move very slowly, this moves very slowly. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I do enjoy it. There is a good call out to the thing in the actual movie itself. So it's pretty funny. Cool. Highlander writes in, in light of what's gone on in Washington last month, I thought this song is really meaningful. Cyberpunk's Leaky Mix. And this is from Partition 30 or it's Partition 36, The Optic Nerve. Mm -hmm. So that link will be in the show notes. He says, thanks, Geeks. Great show. Well, thank you very much, Highlander. Thank you. And Jake from State Farm writes in, hey, Grumps. Nobody gets the Jake from State Farm joke. Everybody gets the Jake right. from State Farm joke. Okay. Just Jake. <laughs> Saw you were talking about Pornhub verification, and there's a strong incentive behind it. If they allowed people to upload porn that had children under 18 in and did nothing about it, they could be complicit in distribution of child sexual abuse material, the term replacing child porn. This carries a mandatory minimum of five years in federal prison. On a separate note, law enforcement and lawmakers are going away from saying the term child pornography for a good reason. The word pornography implies consent. 
whereas no minor is legally able to give consent for this. Hence why it is now called Child Sexual Abuse Material, CSAM. It's wordy, but it makes a lot of sense. We have a link in the show notes from there. I hope you guys are doing well. All right. Yeah, obviously that's a huge issue and part of the reason. But the article that we were specifically criticizing last week regarding Pornhub attempting to use biometrics for user verification rather than basics like needing to have a company or a social security number in order to get paid, which also provides basic verifications and age. Yes, we, we, get, we get why they're doing it. It's just why use biometrics. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, guys, 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 get a branding company. Get a branding company. Child sexual abuse material. Come on. Child porn rolls off the tongue. Child sexual abuse material does not. You're turning into the LGBTQ, LBF plus. They actually have like, you know, punctuation in the name now. Come on. Everybody needs to get a better PR company. All I know is I need, to, to- I need to isolate you saying child pornography rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the f- most fucked up phrase you've ever said. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's one of them days. One if that doesn't days. make the... If, if that is not in the end clip of the show, I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off at you. Because <laughs> if I would have said it, you would have fucking done it to me. <laughs> oh, that's that's the, the plus you have in the editor. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Cancelled. Oh, canceled. And over at iTunes, we've got a couple five stars. Woohoo! Dr. Drorzy. Drorzy gave us a five star from the UK. It says, they will read your review in the show, even if it's one star, but I find that five stars are more appropriate for them with a, well, I, I can't even see the emoji, but there's an emoji there. There's Woo-hoo! some sort of thank emoji. You. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, Drorzy. Uh, Nick Dawson gave us a five star review as well, says, what a great show. I've been listening for the past two years and I love it. There's something for everyone. They bring great news and they discuss. The audio quality and production value is outstanding. I do not know how anybody could give less than a five star review. I agree. All right. And uh, we've got a Chaz Trish review. It says, perfect. And in parentheses, almost. (laughs) Got a five-star. Ticks all the boxes. Disgust, right on point. Sarcasm, not nearly enough. Yeah, right. Politics, piss off if your views don't match my own. Tech, enough to keep the title. Security news is the most helpful, especially when giving macOS upgrade advice. (laughs) Right, Dave? (laughs) Thankfully, these thankfully these dummies match by innate bias, which is all that's important in news these days. Am I right? Well, I think he meant to uh, match just... my innate bias. Uh, okay. That. Yeah. If you want your question or comment read right on the show, head over to gog.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to gog.show slash review and toss us a five star and snarky review. And if you're still listening on the Overcast player, click those little stars. Please, pretty please. Closing shout outs. Speaking of production values, we lost one of the greats in audio engineering and music mixing console pioneer. Rupert Neve has passed away at 94 years old. He basically invented the Neve 8028 mixing console, which was integral to the classic rock sound of the 70s. Uh, he made all kinds of stuff. Basically, everybody that's ever done anything loves Neve consoles, loves Neve electronics. It's the best sound of all, uh, especially at the iconic L.A. recording facility, Sound City Studios, of which you've probably seen the documentary. We reviewed it on here and said it was great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. So he shall be missed. I've used some of his plugins, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, the plugins are very good, too. 
Yeah, man, they, they, they're really beautiful. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. This show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. If you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out. We'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.show slash shop and pick up some good old-fashioned GOG swag. If you can't do that, then please pass the show along to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 495. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. Child porn rolls off the tongue.